<laughs> Have you noticed how flat my ears are, Herb? That's uh, called the uh, earphone ear. You know, that comes from uh, from the time you're seven, having a pair of uh, 19-pound Brandy's earphones, or Cannonball, that's even better. Hanging, and you notice there's a groove over the top of my head? Well, you know that everybody in my family is a good eight inches taller than I am. And I was designed to be well over six feet seven. But because of wearing Cannonball earphones at a growing stage, it's like the Chinese, you know, bind the feet of their... Yeah, you got it. Okay. Or is it the Japanese or the Tibetans? Huh? The time has now come for us to recognize some doughty old dolls. What do you mean, huh? <laughs> no, tonight I'd like to take this uh, little time out here briefly. You know, we're living in an age when uh, old people are, if they're noticed at all, they're only noticed to be vilified. I mean, really old people, see. They're thrown away like Kleenex in the great, great scourge of life. And they're packed off to this little cardboard house on the coast of Florida to sit and spend the rest of their life fighting the mosquitoes. And they're getting once in a while a, a Christmas card from the kids, you know, saying, I wish you were here and don't you show up. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, I'm going to salute a fantastic old dog. Salzburg, Austria. Karl Richter. Kurt Richter, director of the Interborg Mountain Motor Cop. It's a big cable cop. Could not get anyone to test his new safety belt. So he had his 80-year-old mother try it out by dangling in midair and being lowered 180 feet to the ground. Did you hear that? He took his 80-year-old mother and had her dangling 180 feet from the ground and had her lowered by the safety belt. Let's give the old doll a salute, Keith. <laughs> well, that's my son to him. In the Borg Mountain Cable Car. He's a very good... hold it there. Maria Elena, you're the answer to a prayer. Oh, Maria Elena, can't you see how much I care? Oh, to me, your voice is like the echo of a sigh. And when I la da chi, la da da chi, chi chi, oh, Maria Elena, say that we will never part. Maria Elena, take. Me too, your heart, Rasmus, a love like mine is great enough for two to share this love. Well, I can't, you know, the kids listening, I can't sing the rest of it. But, uh, I, they're kind of nice, though, wasn't it, though? Maria Elena, it's a terrible song. Awful. Excuse me, I have a, uh, I have a uh, cardboard cup here of uh, chocolate and nuts coffee that was bought this afternoon at 1.30. And it's got a little green hair on it, but it's not bad. You know, you... Oh, there's nothing like lukewarm chocolate and nuts coffee in a semi-dissolved cardboard cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that little old cigar butt floating in there. Well, what the heck, you know. Six of one, <laughs> half a dozen of the other. <laughs> I'm basically a slob, you can tell it. But, uh, well, after all, we all are in some ways, you know. Oh, oh uh, it's uh, Friday, of course, and uh, we'd like to salute uh, uh, several people out. This is salute night. You know, once in a while, uh, this radio station takes time out in this rushing, hurly-burly day 
to uh, perform a genuine public service. And uh, tonight we would like to salute uh, uh, several people who uh, we believe have not received the proper recognition. So if you will, Herbert, please, if you will, bring out our salute music. Oh, oh, I can't stand it. Bring it up big. I would like to salute the grandmother that we have listening to us tonight. Now, all of you know, of course, generally when you think of grandmothers, you think of a lady that goes, uh, Charles, please. Well, uh, uh, we would like to salute a grandmother who uh, writes with purple ink on uh, light blue paper that smells heavily of uh, Avon perfume. Uh, that's uh, Evening in Trenton. That's a magnificent perfume. And uh, she sent me... Well, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I opened this letter, you know, and I, you know, you get used to that kind of thing, a nice perfume letter, and I opened this thing, and uh, she says, I enjoyed your story about the numismatic news that you told the other day. Although I'm a grandmother type, I also collect coins, and I thought you might like to have one of the best coins that I have in my collection. And I thought, oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that sweet? When I, I opened up this little package with the coin in it, it fell out, and I just don't know quite what to say. I'd like to salute that granny out there. How many of you gentlemen have gone into men's rooms in the shoddy diners, uh, usually over in Jersey, and you get in there and it says, uh, a fun coin that makes a wonderful pocket piece. A laugh a second. Have you seen those coins? And those You put a quarter in and out comes this funny little coin. I just want to tell you, I have a coin that was sent to be my grandmother. On one side it says, heads I win, tails you lose. And, uh, well, it's just lucky we don't have television. We would be off the air right now. There would be a thing that says, stand by, please. And I want to salute that grandma out there because uh, she collects the right kind of coins. You, you can have that thing. My old man would love this, and your old man would flip. That's right. Let's give this to him. All right. There, we're going to salute that old lady out there. Come on. Come on and get it. It's all right. Nobody's going to say anything. You know, the studio door opens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, terrible. Show that the herb in there. I think he's old enough. Look at his glasses clouding up. It's terrible. Isn't that a nice grandma? Wouldn't you like to have a grandma that gives you coins? That reminds me of Santa Claus. I got uh, you know <laughs> with the phone calls. Listen, uh, I I I uh, I noticed something that I just not had noticed before. I don't know whether there's anything significant in it, but uh, the other day I went out through the Holland Tunnel and and, uh, and uh, somebody had taken our suggestion uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, yeah, one of the people here suggested that the, one of the great gags of all time would be to go down to the Holland Tunnel at 4 o'clock in the morning. That's right. 
and paint an enormous crack on the tiles. <laughs> well, I don't know whether that one was painted now. I'm a little worried, you know. Hey, wait a minute. That suddenly occurred to me, you know. Uh, we could be playing with fire here. Hey, hey there, baby. But, uh, hey, buzz me, Miss Brown. Buzz me. Or is it Miss Blue? Uh, I, I uh, nevertheless did notice something which I think should be reported. I, I was driving out there through the Holland Tunnel out by the airport over there, and uh, I, it, it suddenly hit me that, uh, that uh, the Statue of Liberty has her back turned on Jersey. Now, is that significant? I don't know. I just thought that, I mean, uh, liberty is a big thing in Jersey, isn't it? Curse. Certainly is. That was a Jersey grandma who sent me that coin. Has anyone ever out there, ever, just once, I want to ask you a question, though. Just uh, this is a serious question that is being conducted for a very important business organization which uh, is not yet ready to divulge why they're doing it. But they're very important and very serious. Has anyone ever, any of you out there, ever bought any of those things that they have in those machines? In the, uh, you know, in the restrooms, in various places like Howard Johnson. You know the ones where it says uh, little dice. They sell a little dice. Have you seen those? The little dogs with the with the uh, uh, magnets on their feet. Have you ever bought any of those? You did. What did you buy? I, oh, I must admit, one time I did buy one thing in one of those places. Yes, that's right. I was going to say that. I I bought a little compass that had a tire around it. You know, a little compass, and it has kind of a fake tire around the side of it. Hey, you know what I'd like to I'd like to have is if there's anybody out there who's got one and would like to get rid of it, send it to me. I'd li- I'll give it an honored home. I would like to have one. Hello, Denny. It's all right. Sean, big girl, who is using the tape? I'd like to. Uh... <laughs> That's an in gag. Uh, I would like to uh, uh, put out a little uh, thing here. I, I would give it an honored home. If anybody out there can send to me one of these ashtrays that has a tire around it, you know, the big tire, I would like to have one of those. Because, you know, I was very heavily influenced by my Uncle Tom. And uh, when I was a kid, I had this rich uncle. He was a bootlegger. And, uh, yeah, Uncle Tom had on his desk, when I was a kid, I'd go visit him all the time. And on his desk, he had this ashtray. It was a big one. And it had a big tire on it, a big I mean, it's a good heavy ashtray. And the tire was a white wall tire. It was great. And it had, in gold letters, and it had Goodyear. <laughs> it really looked great. And I always had this uh, sneaking desire to have one of those things. I never have had one. And uh, there's another thing I would like to have. No, I better not ask about the moose head, okay? <laughs> I better not. I better not. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, mean, I got the... No, I don't want a telephone. I have too much trouble with telephones. Oh, you want me to answer the telephone? Yes, what is it? This is the producer on the line, folks. Yes? Yes, Marty Lorne. I'm my old friend down at the limelight. He wanted to sell me, and I'm not kidding you. Uh, and they had it, and they didn't know what the heck to do with it. You know, at the limelight uh, for a while, there, they, they were ape about, uh, if I can use such an expression, stuffed heads of animals. They had them all over the wall there, including a giant rhino which reminded me very much of some ladies I have known in the past. However, he had this 10-foot-high stuffed polar bear. 
And it was ten feet. It was standing up on its legs, some back legs. Now, if you've ever seen a, a polar bear with his arms extended, if you can call those things they got out in the front with all the hooks on it, uh, those are arms. And, and he had this mouth that was about the size of the mouth of the Lincoln Tunnel. It was a tremendous mouth. And he had an enormous set of teeth. And his mouth was blood red. And he had these big yellow eyes. And it was a doozy. I'll tell you, oh, what a beauty. And he wanted to sell it to me. You remember that? And, and I said, well, Marty, how much do you want for that stuff? Well, I was interested, you know, at first, you know. And, uh, well, you know how I am. I'm a sucker for anything. And, and they, he, I said, how much? Oh, yes, I'll tell you. Anytime I mention on the air that I'm interested, I get letters from all kinds of cuckoos all over the country. The minute that one guy found out that I fly an airplane, you know, I'm an airplane-type pilot, I immediately get besieged by letters from him telling me that I should buy his airplane until I finally saw a picture of it. Well, a lot of you people have wondered what happened to the airplanes, you know, with the wires between the wings. <laughs> I'm serious. He says it's been taken care of. It was a Presbyterian minister that owned it. And he never flew it. He'd just sit out there in the cockpit every Sunday and pretend like he's flying to heaven, you know. It was given to him by his congregation. He says it only has three and a half air hours on it. And it was the only plane that I had seen since I left the Smithsonian on that day that I visited it that had wire wheels. Now, if you can imagine an airplane with wire wheels, that was a great plane. He says, you can have it. It's nothing at all. Just $5,000, and I'll be willing to part with this, baby. I'll bet, you know. Comes with a helmet. But uh, nevertheless, uh, <laughs> I'm a sucker for this, you know. I, I don't buy any of this stuff, but it's, you know. Oh, we'd like to salute another man out there. Would you, uh, uh, as you all know today, this is the age of the totally silly protester. Now, there's a lot of serious protesters. But the silly protester is slowly beginning to emerge. We would like to salute the first truly silly protester of this bright, brand new, spanking new year. Bring it in. Hold it there. Yeah, we sing pretty good there. Uh, before we salute this uh, this uh, distinguished gentleman, uh, will you please, uh, Herbert, will you hit the uh, button, please? TV Guide covers television. From hockey's blue line to the fall fashion line and the television network's jagged profit-loss line. In the current issue of TV Guide magazine, columnist Red Smith charts America's love affair with hockey and the growing interest generated by television. The regal elegance of Sophia Loren, modeling lovely fashions from Paris. Richard K. Doan examines the facts behind the network's crisis and the economic, political, and competitive storm clouds that threaten their day in the sun. Look for Andy Griffith on the cover of this week's issue of TV Guide. TV Guide, New York's biggest-selling weekly magazine. America's biggest-selling weekly magazine. TV Guide, on sale everywhere. A community is different things. It can mean pleasant homes, friendly neighbors, and room for play. But it may mean dark streets, worn-out neighborhoods, fear, distrust. You can improve your neighborhood. For the free booklet, Better Communities, write the Department of Housing and Urban Development. That's HUD, Washington, D.C., 20410. This is W.O.R. 
And uh, it's a friendly station, of course. Uh, you can trust us. <laughs> and uh, we're hanging around here. It's 710 on the dial. And uh, what the heck? What town is this? Uh... Oh, you know, I worked in so many stations I can. Uh, uh... No, Cincinnati was... No, no, uh, this is uh, New York. New York. I knew I remembered. I knew it had some Dutch name or something. New York. Uh, we'll uh, we'll salute this gentleman here. I would like to salute the sore head of the year. Please, if you will, bring it on there, Herb. Bring, bring it on. Come on, you you got two tables in there. Come on there. What is this? Cockamamie Studios. All right, bring it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, fight, man, fight. Hold it there, hold it there, hold it there. Well, it isn't often that we salute our brethren up to the north. Now, you know, of course, most Canadians think Americans are totally silly. <laughs> I tell you, I got a lot of Canadian type friends up at the CBC and all that, and they're always talking about how idiotic Americans are. And oh yeah, they always oh they love it. That's of course that's that's just a little thing. It's a, well, everybody in the world does that. And it's just kind of the thing that we're going through now. But uh, we would like to salute a far-seeing and a very level-headed Canadian, and uh, it's Montreal. Arbitrator J. F. W. Weatherwill has upheld a railroad decision to discipline conductor N. Pop. A great name. They're going to discipline old N. Pop for delaying a train an hour and five minutes after discovering his caboose was supplied with a metal rather than an earthenware teapot. In a judgment on the case heard uh, just uh, before the first of the year, the federal arbitrator says that the Pacific Great Eastern Railway Company, quote, quite justifiably, assessed 10 demerit points against the record of conductor N. Pop, an employee with 20 years service. The teapot incident, which Mr. Weatherwill calls ludicrous, occurred a few months ago after Mr. Pop reported for duty at the railway's North Vancouver Yard to handle the Vancouver Peace Freight, scheduled to leave on the dock at 10 p.m. And we quote now, <clears throat> Brack, on arrival at the caboose on train number 27, Conductor N. Pop checked his supplies and made the discovery that there was no earthenware teapot in the caboose. The arbitrators will report, quote, There was, to be sure, a teapot. It was there, and very well there. But it was a metal teapot, and Conductor N. Pop was aware that the company, according to their union regulations, was obliged to supply an earthenware teapot. N. Pop marches on. Another great story based on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War. If you meet Drama, N-Pop, thrill, call the local action. police station. Tonight's story, The Traveling Man. Yeah! <laughs> to the director, FBI Washington Confidential. Stolen Buick sedan, motor number 126027, recovered on used car lot, Miami, Florida. Vehicle originally registered Don't in New York me, City, third recovered to date, confirming theory, New York to Miami test range. We'll continue tracing this vehicle and others with Agent Shepard. Find it Reynolds through Miami field office. Oh, wow. Since the time of the... Oh! Reset that. That is fantastic. Listen to the theme of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a terrible juxtaposition of totally irrelevant values. Well, friend, don't you have that problem yourself? Hey, do you ever have the terrible fear that one day... Well, listen, then you'll know what. 
that terrible fear that one day you're going to call your office and find out that you're there? Or, you know, you call your home and you answer, say, what do you want? I mean, you know, that's modern, what they call the splintered life. Police, I'd like to hear that theme again. Now, now, set that up again. You know, when that used to come on, I, I was a kid, see, when that came on, the boy, I'll tell you, everybody in the neighborhood was ape over that show. But uh, when that show came on the radio, now, you can try it if you're a kid out there. If you're a grown-up, you might not get away with it. Now, when that came on the radio, I don't know why it made me do this. I had a terrible urge to do it, and I always did it. And it used to get my old man so bugged, because he loved this show. This was the one radio show that the old man would sit in front of the radio. I mean, he would uh, come home from the bowling alley, from the pool room, everything, to listen to this turkey. And he would sit there with his mouth hanging open, just, when this came on. He loved it. I don't know why. He just dug this. And whenever it came on, it would come on once a week, I had this thing I would do. Now, don't ask me why. When it came on, I would walk around the room with my arms swinging, stiff-legged, like a monster. Try it in the beat to this uh, stand-up kid and make your legs real stiff. Don't bend your knees. Go boom, 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 boom. And try it. It works great. Listen. I would go... I would march around the coffee Another great story. And the old man would say, Shut, will you sit down? Quit bothering me when I'm listening to the radio. <laughs> you had an idea. You think you got a generation gap, kid. Oh, man. My old man, only it used to be the other way, see. The other way. Now it, now it's it's always assumed, see, that the, that the old man is out of it, and it's the kid that's in it. See, the kid knows everything. Today. That's the, well, the, it was totally reversed when I was a kid. And I and the old man used to look at me and he'd say, "Oh, fit, you trouble you, you'll never, you don't, you don't understand nothing." I'd say, "What?" He said, "You know, you were the worst snooker player I ever saw." And he was right, totally right. There was a generation gap the other way, see, because the old man knew everything. I knew nothing, and it hasn't changed. Would you please bring that out again? <laughs> Uh, 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 I'll show him. Uh, 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 will you sit down, kid? Not a great story out of files of the FBI. Hey, I'm going to ask you a trivial question. A genuine trivia question. At the end of every FBI in peace and war, every episode, they came on and said, it, this is, the FBI in peace and war is a production. Who was the producer? Very famous. I mean, in the radio world, he was like David Merrick. Yeah, it, 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 not often that the production company gets a line at the end of a show on radio or television today. But this guy shows very famous. The FBI in Peace and War was a production. And then you hear boop, then boom, boom, boom. <laughs> well, that was a fantastic show. You notice I've just got that natural flair for production. <laughs> What's the matter? You seem a little worried today. That that is a great theme. All right, I'll I'll ask you a trivia question now. If you you think you're up on things, all right, Lee. 
You were wrong. All right, I'll tell you after the show just who it is that was the famous producer. He also produced a lot of other famous shows. Now, I'll ask you another question. And uh, have you got it reset in there? Play this, I'll, I'll play this theme. And see if you can tell me who wrote this theme. This is not, was not written by a, a uh, Hollywood hack or a, you know, a musical hack. It was not written by a radio theme song writer. Who wrote this theme and what is it from? Listen. Another great story based on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI. There you go. Hold it. Who wrote that? Why do I know all this stuff? Why? 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 What happened to my mind somewhere? Uh, oh, how many of you have seen this great commercial that's on TV? Uh, the one where the Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman, you know, with the Sylvania Buffs, he says, what? kind of people are you? You're people, not bears. You know that? <laughs> he says, people who do not take pictures of their children in the winter time are always suspect. All right. Now, question. First of all, what show is that a takeoff on? All right, you know the show, right? Now, I'm going to ask you the juicer question. Behind him, you hear the theme is being played from that show. What is that theme, and who wrote it? What is the name of it? Another piece of recognizable programmatic music that was not written by a hack. And what was that theme? You don't know. Uh-huh. You thought you knew everything, didn't you? <laughs> I'm just opening up on you here tonight. Let you know, you know. You're not kidding me. And uh, what was the name? You remember when he says, uh, these will make fine mug shots, Queen, eh? And, and Queen goes, ow, 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 ow. What was the name of the actual dog? You know that. Good. We'll give you one point for that. Write it down. Let's see whether you get that. Uh, oh, uh, for those of you who are listening tonight, all of these questions will appear on the Blue Book, Blue Book exam at the end of the semester. So you might as well start taking notes, right? That's right. Well, of course, you're using his full name there. Not everybody. You know, the show was much more informal than that. They never called him Yukon King during the show. No, no. If you remember, no, he never did. What, what he, the, the, uh, the Royal Canadian Mountie, what was his name? Well, come on, write it down. His name was not Yukon King. What was his name? Come on, don't, don't mess around. That's right, but wait a minute, what was his first name? All right, he was Sergeant Preston of the Royal Canadian Mountain. You notice they very cleverly used the name of a guy who always played Royal Canadian Mounted in the movies? As far as I was concerned, all all Royal Canadian Mounted guys were Robert Preston. You remember? He was always in the... And, and, and who was his old sidekick all the time? Alan Hale. And you know that Alan Hale was going to get killed. Alan Hale, he was either going to get... He always got killed crashing his plane. Uh, Alan Hale was always a bush pilot. And Jimmy Cagney was a bush pilot. You remember that? But, uh, uh, well, all right. Now, you don't know Mr. Preston's first name, right? All right. It was Sergeant. <laughs> That's kid humor. See, all the kids are like, wow, wow, so great, great, wow. All right, what's weighs 500 pounds is purple and flies. Okay. 
Oh, this is a silly show. Yes? I do not know Smokey the Bear's middle name. What is it? Oh, that is terrible. Oh, you... Don't you... You stay off that intercom from now on. That's awful. I'm going to report you to the union. What is Smokey the Bear's middle name? Dun, 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 dun. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, a guy wrote me a note the other day, and he says, uh, what books do you remember reading as a kid? And you know, one book that I really do honestly remember reading was uh, All the King's Men. <laughs> I don't know how I got a hold of it, but it was Robert Penn Warren and this wild, fanatical character that was the that was the political character in this thing was based on a real guy. You might have seen Broderick Crawford, of course, play it in the movies. Great performance. Do you want to hear the real Huey Long? This is the way Huey Long actually spoke on a radio show. And this is the true long, the vintage long, the redneck. Here, here, bring it on. The bank accounts show that one 150th part of the people own two-thirds of all the money that's in the bank. The only way by which we can ever bring this country out is to redistribute the wealth. That's Huey. <laughs> that was Huey Long, the great uh, proletarian. What a strange character. Listen to this one. Yes, I have the proof. That my kind of city government is the kind of city government the people of our city want. Isn't it grand? There isn't a single solitary county chairman of either party who is in favor of my administration. To use the phrase that Al Smith like to use in his days, I can run on a laundry ticket and beat these political bums any. <laughs> what a character. Boy, he, I mean, uh, I'm not, this is not anti-Lindsay, but gee, he makes Lindsay sound like Ovaltine. <laughs> I mean, these political bums. That was uh, the great little flower, La Guardia. And uh, incidentally, that was from a radio show that he did, a famous radio address. You know, did you know that he was a bomber pilot? He had been a bomber pilot in World War One. Dun, 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 dun. Now, now, in answer to uh, a letter from a concerned listener, age 13, of Teaneck, New Jersey, quote, uh, Shepard, what did your old lady listen to when you were a kid? Uh, my old lady uh, sits and watches uh, uh, Lawrence Welk every time he comes on. Oh, what a sickening scene. Did you have to put up with this kind of stuff when you were a kid, Shepard? Please tell me, did you, Shepard? Listen, kid, that is nothing. If you think Lawrence Welk is sickening, you should see or hear what my mother used to listen to when I was a kid. I can remember coming into the kitchen ravening. I wanted a salami and peanut butter sandwich. My mother would whistle. She'd say, shh, shh, be quiet. He's on. He's on. And here's what she was listening to. only a paper moon. Oh, yeah. Sailing over a cardboard sea. But it wouldn't be Makes me break out in a rash to hear it. If you believed in me. Yes, it's only a canvas sky. All right, kid, I bet you never heard of that guy. Well, I want to tell you this. Uh, uh, I remember my mother standing there in her rump-sprung bathrobe 
with a Brillo pad in her hand with tears coming down her cheeks. That was Ukulele Ike. <laughs> he was the Lawrence Welk of his day. Hey, this is a silly show. We haven't done anything here tonight. We're fooling around. It's just, you know, just playing like it's Friday and all that. Let's see. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, we might as well succumb to this whole thing. You have another cut in there. Another cut on that that, that record in there. I'm, I'm, I, and I, and that thing we just played. Find another one. Some of these things are so wild to listen to that uh, I can't put it down. You put this thing on. And uh, one of my favorite themes on, on uh, radio theme songs when I was a kid uh, was the theme to, and I will give you this one, Mary Marlin. My mother used to listen to a soap opera called Mary Marlin. You never heard of Mary Marlin? And, uh, well, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, the theme was written by one of the famous three Bs. You got that? Do you remember a show that used to come on with a single piano note? It would go, well, a single piano phrase it would go, da dee dee da 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 dee dee da 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 And the announcer would say, Another chapter in the life of Latiti. And then he would come back in and say, Once again, we are going to hear another chapter in the life of Mary Marlin. The program that asks the question, Can a three-foot-high girl who is married to England's richest lord achieve true happiness as a member of the Mafia? Latiti. This true-to-life story is brought to you Every weekday at the same time by Chipso. Da <laughs> What did you pick out in there, Herb? Just, just play whatever you think is funny. Uh, hey, listen, Herb, I'll tell you what to find in there. Lee, find the Bonnie Baker cut. That's a wild one. Yeah, it's on one of those records in there. Just find that thing. That's, a, that's insane. You know, while we're on the subject of, uh, of total insanity... And, uh, and the, the radio nuttiness. Uh, I wonder whether or not... Now, I'm just going to throw out a question here. I, maybe it's a difference between the two mediums. I don't know. But I wonder whether or not, if, say, eight or nine or ten years from now, whether people will reminisce about old television shows. You know, they don't do that. In fact, uh, very few... You don't find many people sitting around... And they're in the coffee shop, you know, they're in the diner someplace. And one says to the other, hey, uh, Manny, do you remember the show of shows? Oh, do you remember the days when the, when the Imogene Coca would come out? You just don't find anybody saying that. And uh, you never hear anyone say, hey, hey, Fred, Fred, all right, you think you're so smart? What was the name of uh, the theme song that was used on the Milton Berle Texaco Hour, huh? The Texaco Comedy Hour, huh? Never. And they did have a theme song. Right? What, what do you got in there? What have you cooked up for us, Herb? Listen. All the girls are crazy about a certain little lad. Although he's very, very bad. He could be oh so good when he wanted to. Better good he understood about love and other things. For every girl in town hit. followed him around just to hold his hand and say, Oh, Johnny, oh, Johnny, how you can love. That's a, that's a, oh, 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 listen, I'll tell you. I, I just, uh, and don't 
think for any minute that 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 was my scene. Uh, not at all. I was a little that was I was a kid at that time. But I'll tell you the one that used it. That record. That record. When we'd be riding in the car, and that would come on. The old man's got a radio in the car. He would say shh, 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 shh and it would come out of the car, car radio, and he'd sit there, and my mother would would hum it. I mean, what an awful record. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you a brass figgy with bronze oak leaf palm. If you can tell me, now you heard that, everybody knows who, that, who, who sings that record. Whose band was it made with? Do you know? Well, now wait a minute, I'll give you the clue here. Bonnie Baker was a band vocalist. She, she sang with a band, and the, the big thing on the record was the band, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, and who was this band? Now I'll, I'll, I'll even I'll even ask you a further trivia question. Who she sang with a vocal group? There was always a vocal group that was with this band. All bands had vocal groups at that time. I mean, uh, you know, the Modern Airs and the Pied Pipers. They all sang with a band, and uh, you know, Sinatra, Joe Stafford, and the Pied Pipers, and all that stuff. What was the vocal group that was around? this girl and they had a very provocative name you see because she was considered uh, she she her her music the way she sang have you got it up there do you still have that cut up there well the way she sang you see it was considered very sexy she was a very sexy and really it was in a way if you, it was a very uh, uh you know suggestive uh, in a lot of ways record and and that's the way she always sang and it was kind of, I'll tell you what, she was like, a, on the record, she was more or less like a, a vocal Lolita. And uh, around, she always had this vocal group, and the vocal group was named, in a sense, of by and why and around the way she sang. Now listen carefully. All the girls are crazy about a certain little lad. Although he's very, very bad, he could be also. Oh she has this fantastic innocence in her voice. This is the way a candy should sing. For every girl in town followed him around just to hold his hand and say, Oh, Johnny, oh, Johnny, how you can love. Now, that, that, that is genuine trivia, man. <laughs> I mean, when you stop to ask what band it was and so on. And the, he, he uh, well, there were always, uh, at that time, there, was, uh, there were always a lot of rumors around, which, uh, of course, were totally untrue. But the uh, press agent, these guys always form these rumors and makes the band exciting and all that. There were always all kinds of rumors that the band leader who led this band was fantastically in love with that girl. There's always this rumor around, and that whenever they would play, you see, uh, like they, they they played these stage shows, and I remember one time being dragged to a stage show at the Oriental Theater in Chicago, and of course this is a big thing. We went to the stage show, and on the stage, they had this beautiful orange curtain that was lit, sort of from underneath, and everybody sat and waited. And suddenly, out of the darkness, from behind the curtain, with the curtain not being up, you heard this coming out, see? You can hear it drifting out. Everybody's cheering. Like, like it's, 
Beatles? It's like all of a sudden hearing the Beatles, you see, from behind the curtain. Everybody's going ape, and up would go the curtain. And this girl who was singing, she's tiny. She's so tiny. She was about four feet nine, something like that. Did you know about her? That's Wee Bonnie Baker. And she was tiny. She really was tiny. And so, as the orchestra did, who was a handsome guy, and all these orchestrators had wavy blonde hair, and they had these white jazzy coats with the with the red ties and the black pants with the silk striped on the side. He's directing the band. And right at that moment, when she starts to sing that, that sexy bit, he would turn and he would give this big smile to her, you know, like, like a Nelson Eddy type smile. So all the people were like, see, look at the old man, see, see, wow, 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 wow. And then they'd sit there and cheer again. And she'd go, oh, <laughs> and she would pay no attention to him. She'd just go right ahead. Now listen to these trumpets come in. Every time the trumpets come in, they would all stand up. Here they go. They go quack, quack. Watch them. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. What a rotten show I did tonight. That a bad scene, I'll tell you. Uh, are you all uh, already in there? I wonder... What... What... See, what... For Clan... It's right on the tip of my... What... See... Yeah, what team was this show from, huh? <laughs> All right, gang, get out your kazoos and play it together with us. Let's go. Walk around the house. That's it. Pull in your gut, you crumb. Come on. If you're going to play my team, play it in tune at least. Come on, kid. Blow that kazoo. Yeah. All together now. Big, big. Young man didn't tell a story about how when he was a little boy tonight, and I just don't know why he doesn't use that fine mind of his to tell me those wonderful stories about Barbados. Charles, we're just going to have to get a new radio. So that concludes tonight's salute to Cousin Boosie. Week WOR salutes John Wingate. And don't forget, friendies, we will be back tomorrow night at five minutes past ten, Saturday night, on this same spot at your dial. <laughs> I can hardly wait. You bring it up big, and you bring the popcorn. That's right. And don't forget, you got only one thing to do. You just bring money. We'll be happy. Next, the 11 o'clock news.